ओम ज्ञान चिरंधस्यज्ञानंजनशलाकाय चक्षुरिमीलितम येना तस्मै श्री गुरवे नमः कृष्ण कॉन्शियसनेस इज द नेचुरल सिचुएशन ऑफ एवरी लिविंग बीइंग बट फॉरगेटिंग दैट एवरीवन इन दिस मटेरियल वर्ल्ड इज सिंपली सफरिंग देयरफॉर दोस हु आर डिवोटीज ऑफ कृष्णा they try to preach krishna consciousness this temple and whole ashram here is meant for cultivating krishna consciousness and communicating krishna consciousness to others that gray file guys bring that uh of this krishna consciousness movement it said that preaching is the essence <coughs> and actually from here from iskon salem just around this time so many devotees are being sent to different places for preaching devotees are being sent to and different places in andhra pradesh gujarat africa and uh, devotees are going out in various places uh, in namakal and in palakkad devotees are preaching by distributing shila prabhupad's books and within salem city so many devotees are conducting programs of krishna conscious and distributing shila prabhupad's books so this is very good if we understand that our benefit is possible through krishna consciousness then we will want to share that with others that also helps to increase our own conviction because if we speak about krishna uh then we remember krishna and remembering krishna is the purpose of life so we encourage everyone to uh those who have taken up krishna consciousness seriously to also engage in the preaching of krishna consciousness if we are always thinking how to preach krishna consciousness uh then we'll always be thinking of krishna and if we're always thinking of krishna then we won't be thinking of maya so that uh preaching krishna consciousness gives us a lot of life and enthusiasm in krishna consciousness otherwise it's possible to fall into a routine the life of krishna consciousness is a very blissful life we rise early in the morning chant the names of krishna we have darshan of the lord so in this way we have a regulated sadhana program but even in uh, the regulated life of krishna bhakti it's possible to take it like a routine that's one danger of having an ashram that it becomes more or less a place for uh, eating and sleeping with a little kirtan thrown in of course in an ashram the facilities are there for eating and sleeping but that is to facilitate the bhajan or activities of krishna consciousness but maya is so strong that sometimes people who live in an ashram they do a little bhajan just so that they can collect money from the public in the name of being sadhus but their main activities are eating and sleeping
So it's a religious excuse for a lazy life. I'm not blaming the devotees here for that because it, it's not applicable here, this comment. But uh, it is a danger. We can get just into a routine of daily life and then we don't have much transcendental inspiration. But if we go out to preach Krishna consciousness, then that's a challenge. A challenge. That's, uh, I know the word for that. It's in Tamil. Uh, Sawal. If we're actually preaching Krishna consciousness, then it's a challenge. Because preaching Krishna consciousness means to state as Krishna states here, we see, Sarvadhaman paritya mame kam sharanam raja. To yeah, abandon all varieties of religion and just surrender unto Krishna. So people will ask, well, what about this and what about that? What about this Baba and what about this, these Kumaris or something like that? So if we are to speak the truth, and we shouldn't speak anything but the truth, we will have to say that this is uh, all these Babas, Kumaris and everything else is just all nonsense. Krishna is the uh, Mataparataram Namnyat. He is superior to all. Yang Brahma, Varanendra, Rudra, Marata, Stundanti, Divyais, Since time immemorial, all the great Devas, Shiva, Brahma, the Maruts, the Vayu, Indra, they're all glorifying Krishna. So this is the fact. But not everyone will accept that fact. In fact, some of you may be mentally thinking that, well, I don't accept that. So when we go to preach Krishna consciousness, we may, may find many people who don't accept what we say. And generally, we, we don't like to... I mean, some people like to get into fights with others, but most people like to live comfortably with others. There are a few people in this world who actually like, just as a, they have, to have a kind of pleasure in getting into arguments with others. But most people, it's just like, okay, you do what you like, I'll do what I like, everything okay, as we were discussing this morning. But if we are to speak the truth as received in Shastra and spoken by all the Acharyas, then we must say that Krishna is the supreme truth. And uh, mostly what goes on in the name of Hinduism or any other in ism in the modern age, it's simply uh, imaginary nonsense. Imagined and nonsense. So, as I say, most people won't like to accept this and therefore we may find ourselves in some disagreement with others. Now, preaching means to accept the challenge. As Krishna says, Ahang tvang sarva moksha yeshami ma shuchaha. Ma shuchaha means do not fear. We shouldn't be afraid that uh, if others don't accept this, well, we shouldn't be afraid that people will dislike us. So, as I was saying, um, ashram life, it can be uh, a comfortable life. In fact, in Srimad Bhagavatam, it's predicted that in Kali Yoga, the ashrams will be more like grihas of grihastas. Sometimes people ask why we don't have electricity in the ashram here. 
Well, one reason is that uh, anyone who's looking for a comfortable life in the name of living in the ashram, they will have to go somewhere else. It's hoped that uh, only people who are very serious about serving Krishna will come and live here. But uh, going and uh, preaching Krishna consciousness, that means we get, uh, we, we have to face some discomfort and inconvenience. Apart from the physical discomfort of, for instance, uh, having to go out when it's very hot. But there's also the um, mental inconvenience of having to state what people basically are not very enthusiastic to hear. And uh, to give them books, which in many cases they don't want to take. But a devotee accepts uh, inconvenience in the service of Krishna. Just like uh, Krishna, he spoke Bhagavad Gita to Arjuna to tell him that you accept difficulty in my service. To be a devotee of Krishna is not an easy-going life. So this might not uh, appeal to you very much. You may think that, well, we have a we have a hard life and we've come here on Sunday to get some peace of mind. But actually you will get full peace of mind in Krishna consciousness. Bhuktaram yagya tapasam sarva loka maheshvaram suharidam Sarvabhutanam gyatva mang shantim richati. Lord Krishna says that uh, one can become peaceful only by understanding three things. By understanding that Krishna is the supreme proprietor of everything, everything belongs to Krishna, that all endeavors should be performed for the satisfaction of Krishna, and that Krishna is the best friend of every living being. Krishna is my best friend, therefore I have nothing to worry about. And he's also the best friend of every other living being, therefore I shouldn't harm any other living being. And I should also tell other people about Krishna, so that they can remember their best friend. So it's a fact that in Krishna consciousness we can get a full peace of mind. Not by avoiding Krishna consciousness, we can never have comfort. We find there are many people who have all, all arrangements for luxury living, big houses with lots of marble, hot and cold water, AC, uh, air conditioning for the summer, many servants, but still they're uncomfortable because mentally they have no peace. Physically they are comfortable, but mentally they are uncomfortable. Whereas a devotee uh, of Krishna, he uh, takes all Difficulty for serving Krishna. Just like Arjuna took difficulty and fighting for Krishna. Uh, he wanted to avoid the fight and be, be peaceful. But Krishna told him, you fight for me, you be my devotee, that way you will be peaceful. Of course, Krishna doesn't ask us to perform such a severe task as he asked Arjuna to do. We simply ask people to chant the holy names of Krishna follow some principles of pure life. Just like, for instance, no meat-eating, no gambling, can understand that you can't be spiritually advanced if you're eating meat and taking intoxication and all these things. 
So actually there's no difficulty in Krishna consciousness. We don't have electricity in the ashram. We're not telling all the, all the people who are grihastas that you have to disconnect the electricity in your house. We don't say that. You can live comfortably according to the standard that you are used to, but chant Hare Krishna and lead a pure life. And uh, every devotee, once they're a little fixed in Krishna consciousness, they can also take up this mission of preaching Krishna consciousness. As I was saying, it's a great challenge. But uh, a challenge helps to make one strong. Just like uh, a professional fighter cannot become strong just by eating rich foods. But by fighting, practicing, then he becomes uh, strong in body. So to uh, preach Krishna consciousness requires spiritual strength. And that comes by the mercy of Krishna. To give the mercy of Krishna to others, one requires mercy from Krishna. One who has got the special mercy of Krishna will be very enthusiastic to uh, bring Krishna consciousness to others. Kali Kale Juga Dharma Nama Shankirtan Krishna Shakti Bina Nahita Pavartan. In this age of Kali, the uh, Yuga Dharma or religious process for this age is Nam Sankirtan, chanting the names of Krishna. But one uh, who is not favored with the special mercy of Krishna cannot preach Krishna consciousness, cannot establish it in the world. So that is Krishna's great mercy on his devotees who want to preach Krishna consciousness. What is this mercy? There was some discussion about this. What is the meaning of causeless mercy? Mercy means we're getting something from someone. that we do, Someone in a superior position gives us something. Just like if a rich man gives a poor man some money, that can be said to be his mercy on the poor man. Now, if the rich man has a factory, he pays his factory workers, the payment that he gives them, that's not his mercy on them. That's his duty. He's entered into a contract with them. You do this, you do this work and I will pay you this money. Or... Uh, in the relationship between parents and children, it's expected that the parents will look after the children. So, although in one sense that could be said to be mercy, but on the other hand, it's expected. If the mother gives her child some idlis for breakfast, no one thinks, wow, what, a, what an amazing mother. She gave idlis to her child for breakfast. How merciful. I mean, it's just normal, that's all. But if she doesn't feel the, feed the child, then people think, well, that's very bad. That's her duty to feed the child. Close relationship between a superior and a dependent, then the uh, giving of required items to the dependent, that's considered a duty, not mercy. What is the nature of the relationship between the jiva and Krishna? The jiva is fully dependent on Krishna. So we could say that, well, if Krishna gives us anything, that's not really mercy, that's just his duty. But Krishna is not obliged to anyone. Any, everything he gives to us is out of his mercy. 
And uh, the, the point of causeless mercy, when we say we receive the, the blessings of Krishna to advance in devotional service, that is his causeless mercy. We may say, well, maybe in a previous life I did bhakti, so therefore I deserve to get Krishna's mercy. But it's not that Krishna is obliged to give us his mercy. And if one thinks that, well, I, I chanted so many times Hare Krishna and I fasted so many times on Ekadashi, so now Krishna, he must give me his mercy, he's obliged to, then that is not bhakti at all. Krishna's full mercy is, uh, the, the symptom of someone who's got Krishna's full mercy is that that person, that devotee, considers himself fully dependent on Krishna's mercy. If someone thinks, see, I'm doing so much bhakti, so uh, Krishna will have to come personally on a chariot and take me to Vaikuntha. That is, that is not bhakti, to think like that. But rather one should think oneself uh, very fallen and fully dependent on the mercy of Krishna. And even if one does do many activities of bhakti, one should think, actually I'm, I'm unqualified. And that's actually the fact, because Krishna doesn't need us. In the material world, we have been forgetting Krishna, life after life. And it is Krishna's causeless mercy that uh, he says, Sarvadhaman paritta jamame kam sharanam raja hang tvang sava That all the bad things you've done in the past, okay, I'll forget it. You come, surrender to me, I'll look after you. Krishna doesn't need us, we need him. And there's nothing we can do to force him to do anything. So that he accepts us, we should think like this, that he accepts us despite our disqualifications, that is his causeless mercy. Otherwise, if we start thinking, well, I deserve to... Uh, I, I Actually, I think um, I should be the top devotee. I deserve it. This is a materialistic attitude. In bhakti, one should always think oneself very low and simply dependent on the mercy of Krishna and the Vaishnavas. Dhane jane panditye krishnere nahipai. One cannot get Krishna by wealth, by donating lots of money, not by uh, being a big guru with many followers or being a big scholar. None of these are qualifications for attaining Krishna. Keval bhaktiya bosh Chaitanya Goshai. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Krishna, he comes under the control of his devotee who fully surrenders himself to Krishna. So preaching Krishna consciousness is required. That uh, gets us out of the complacency and comfort of just going along in this material world day by day. That requires uh, strength. That Krishna Shakti Nahe Binata Pravartan, that requires strength. That strength comes by the mercy of Krishna. The spiritual strength to... To go among people who are not inclined toward Krishna and to uh, ask them to uh, accept Krishna. So that requires, as I said, that requires spiritual strength. Devotees uh, get strength of mind, mental strength. Without uh, mental strength, no one can surrender to Krishna. 
Just like without physical strength, no one can swim upstream. So similarly, this material world, it's like a strong current flowing away from Krishna. Everyone is forgetting Krishna. But if someone says, no, I don't want all these materialistic values. I'm not interested in all this mundane politics, sport, and becoming a so-called success. I'm not interested in these soap operas on TV, fashion shows. We want to serve Krishna. We want to see how Krishna is satisfied. We want to hear about Krishna. We want to develop our love for Krishna. We want to chant the names of Krishna. So if we say this, most people will think you're crazy. They won't just think it, they'll tell us. You're spoiling your life. Or they might say, all right, but uh, first, first you enjoy yourself and when you're 99 years old, then you chant Hare Krishna. When you're completely useless and can't do anything else, then just before you enter the grave, you uh, chant Hare Krishna. Okay, at that time you do it. And then we'll have to say, well, that's what they told me in the last life, and the life before that, and the life before that. But uh, when you get that old, you, you don't have the strength to start anything new. So actually it requires great strength of mind to be a devotee. People often ask us that, you know, how, how can I develop personality development? Tamil, it's probably called personality development. Any suggestions from the Tamil speakers? All these stupid ideas don't come in Tamil, they come in English more, right? All the advanced modern ideas which make you crazy, they, they call, comes in English. Big cities like Chennai and Bangalore where all the young people, they speak what they think is English and they think they're very advanced and they're totally confused, although they would never admit it. They go to courses on personality development. <laughs> or just like people ask us that, how can I concentrate? Because they're supposed to concentrate on their studies, but they're not interested, and it's not surprising. So we tell them, you be like Arjuna, how he concentrated on his studies. He was practicing shooting arrows, even at night. But how could he get such uh, determination? Because he was inspired by Krishna, because Krishna had uh, great work to do through Arjuna. So if we become a devotee of Krishna, we can become focused in our intelligence. We can get full strength of mind. Uh, we become uh, uh, adept or competent to act in this world. It's like Arjuna, he wasn't uh, just sitting in an ashram and chanting on beads, but he was fighting for Krishna. So uh, those who are followers of Krishna like Arjuna, they're not just sitting in an ashram chanting on beads, but they're going out in the world, meeting others and asking them to take Krishna's book, Bhagavad Gita, opening new centers in, in the service of Krishna. So the devotees of Krishna, they become uh, very successful. You see, imagine if you join some company, multinational company, 
And after two years, they ask you to go and open a new branch office in a new place. But that's what we're doing. ISKCON is multinational company. We're in more countries than most multinational companies. You see, and we bring people in, and if they take it up very sincerely, then after a short time, we'll tell them, okay, you go. Set up a new, go preach in a new place. And uh, even the householder devotees who have their family responsibilities, after some time of training, we tell them, okay, you go, preach this highest truth. So it's a great opportunity to uh, get the highest teachings, uh, achieve full peace of mind, achieve full strength of character, become an ideal person and bring this highest knowledge to others. One can be fully satisfied and uh, completely fulfilled in the service of Krishna. So it's a great opportunity for everyone. How to make your life a complete success in the service of Krishna. So, 12.30 is supposed to finish? Alright, so are there any questions, please? No questions. Everyone's fully convinced. Is it? He's fully accepting. Alright, very good. Are you coming here regularly? For the past two weeks. I see. Do you have Srila Prabhupada's books? Yeah. Everyone please read Srila Prabhupada's books. Everything is clear there. Bhagavad Gita means Krishna is presenting himself as the supreme truth. Srila Prabhupada as the pure devotee of Krishna is uh, explaining that further for our understanding. Everything is clear. There are so many rascals who misinterpret Bhagavad Gita. They say that everyone is God. This is nonsense. I know for sure I'm not God. Isn't it foolishness to say that we are God? We're such tiny beings. God means all-knowing. We can't even remember what we were doing at this time yesterday. We have to think about it. And if we ask, what were we doing at this time three days ago, we have no idea. God means all-powerful. But sometimes uh, we're controlled by our bodies. Sometimes we have to run to the bathroom very quickly. Sometimes we, uh, even though we want to, we can't do what we should do in the bathroom. So if we're not even in control of our intestinal functions, then how can we say that we're God? It's just absurd. But there are so many people who think they're God, isn't it? Foolish swamis, they preach everyone is God. So please read Bhagavad Gita as it is. From that you can understand very clearly that Krishna is supreme, we are all his servants. And we become very happy just by understanding this simple fact. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama.